This right here is Carcone Carne. I'm James Van Osdell, recording tonight from the Logan Square neighborhood of Chicago. It is a beautiful night to record in Chicago. It's like 45 degrees, beginning of March. Amazing. I have a fantastic guest on the way, but before I get there, I'd like to appeal to you, the city or suburban homeowner. How's your roof looking? You know, a new roof can add up to 7% to your property value to say nothing of all the benefits you get on your utility bills with a new roof. You need to talk to my friends at Suburban Roofing and Siding for all your roofing concerns. Maybe you took some damage in previous storms. Talk to my guys. It's a family-owned company serving the Chicagoland area. We're talking Cook, Lake, McHenry, Kane, DuPage. You can trust their more than 40 years of collective experience. They warrant their workmanship for a lifetime, as long as you own the home. Their premium shingles are backed with a full 20-year, non-pro-rated, transferable manufacturer warranty. Not to mention, it's a green product. Call 224-677-6149 or visit them at suburbanroofingandsiding.com. That's, that's the L right there. Carcon Carne is also sponsored by 90 Days in the 90s, a book written by Andy Fry about the Chicago music scene in the 90s, a scene that just exploded about one mile south of here, where I'm at right now, on Milwaukee Avenue. Go back to those days, what days they were, all that music, all that pop culture happening, just exploding in and around the north side of Chicago, specifically Darby, the record store owner, heroin of 90 Days in the 90s, goes back to the 90s. She finds a way back. She finds the gray line, goes back in time to those days. If you had the opportunity, would you do the same? Maybe. 90 days in the 90s, you'll tear through it. It's such an easy read and it's a fun read and it's something you'll find very familiar page to page. Go to 90daysinthe90s.com or buy it on amazon.com. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Juna is back with the band's second album, Femina Furens. The album is brave, it's raw, it's cathartic, it's gut-wrenching, it's fierce, it's vulnerable, it's jarring, it's scary. It's also fucking great. That right there, to my right, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube uh, or listening, it doesn't matter. That's Donna. Donna Diane from Juna, my guest in the car. We're outside Enjoy in Logan Square. We are. We have never met face-to-face. -face. I'm so glad you bought into this concept and you were willing to eat a burger with me. Right off Milwaukee in Avenue. In your car, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Juna, the new album is out. Empty Bottle on the 24th. It's a Friday night. Huntsman also on the bill. That right there is a show. That's it. Yes, G it game is. Over. You do not want to miss this one. Game over. That's that's going to be a <laughs> loud, loud bar that night. Yes, it is. So, Donna, well, it, we should eat food. I mean, it's been sitting here for a while. We're, like I said, we're at Enjoy. You got the Enjoy Burger. No cheese, no mayo. That sounds like me. <laughs> and I got a grilled cheese. Oh. With, oh, yeah. it's. I'm, I'm a 10-year-old boy at heart, Donna. Um, <laughs> grilled cheese with waffle fries and tomato. <laughs> and you got the good old-fashioned... I like the tomato. Enjoy burger. I just got to... just. Eat. Sometimes you just got to get the burger. Absolutely. So feel free to eat as we talk, if you can. <laughs> we last talked in April of 2021. This was pandemic time. We were doing a virtual interview. Yes. You were going through... A lot. And at the time, I, I remember telling you, I, we talked a lot about your mental health and what you were going through at the time. At the time, I said, I owe you 
a proper music interview. Yes, you said when when the album comes out, we'll do it. And here we are. <laughs> and we I did ma- it. I, I made good on that also. I really wanted to do it. But the headline I remember writing for that podcast episode was Trauma, Struggle, Treatment, and Hope. Juna's Donna Diane. And here we are. Yes. That interview was done at a time when you were at a very scary low point. You were wrestling with the impact of complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Today, we're talking about that same thing, only in a different way, through the songs on your new album. I've got both records here. Oh, you have both. Got the visual aid. (laughs) Femina Ferenz, right there. So we're going to talk about all the same stuff, but musically. And I brought the other one, too. Just I brought everything to show and tell. You were prepared. I brought the discography with me. Uh, let's st- let's start with the album, Femina Ferenz, Furious Woman. Yes. You had a lot to work through, hence the fury. Well, you know, the title is, I actually like came across it because it's sort of like a pejorative term for women. Um, I came across it in um, actually researching this like artwork that I love. It's this late 19th century print called the acid thrower and it's this oh I even wore the dress today this is so funny I this I have this like really like witchy Victorian dress that kind of reminds me of this print but anyway I was researching it and it was about these like acid attacks that occurred throughout Europe in the late 19th century where people were just like throwing acid in people's faces constantly it was like a rash are you also attacks. aware that's how Two-Face became Two-Face in the Batman comic books. This is true. Mm-hmm. Was it in the late 19th century? I can't remember. Uh, it was It was mid-20th century. <laughs> but um, there, it was, it was like the... It was sensationalized as a women's crime. Later on, they um, went back into the actual like police records, and it was... People of every gender were doing it equally, but it was... There was these very sensational tri- trials of these like femme fatales who were like you know, meeting you in the alley, like jilted lovers and like going to throw acid in your (laughs) face sort of a thing. So it was just kind of like my way of like talking about that, like how women's anger is often treated as this like other thing that it's just like, it's like a character flaw to be angry as a woman. Ooh, do we have to pause for the L going by? Or are we are we okay? I think it's a it's a lovely environmental sound. It, really, it is. It, it, this is this is pure Chicago. Yeah, it grounds us in where we are. We're, we're clearly <laughs> in Logan Square, right off Milwaukee Avenue. That's the, that's the blue line right there. But yeah, it, to me, this was just like I've always had like this like kind of dysfunctional relationship with my own anger. Like it's it's hard for me to process it because there's just so much cultural bullshit around like women not being angry and like that it's like you know there's like this special kind of like hurt that comes with a woman's anger which is just complete cultural bullshit and that's what the album's about (laughs) sonically uh you have the same team engineering and mixing the album that said this album feels much for lack of a better way of saying it fuller yes yeah i did not hesitate to like layer on this album. The first album, Ex Voto, is very, um, as a band, live, like how we are. There was, I mean, we might have like doubled guitars, but that was it. There was no like vocal harmonies, there was no layering synths or anything like that. It was, I just like always had this thing about like a live, 
like being a live band and mm-hmm. really like you know like not like if you're a good band like you shouldn't like cover that shit up with like a bunch of other bullshit like you should like you know represent like yeah. who you actually are however <laughs> when the pandemic happened and live music went away that mm-hmm. like really that changed how I thought about that and this was the first time I really sat down and like wrote an album for the record and I just told myself I'm like I'm gonna do whatever the record needs I'm gonna layer whatever it needs and then I'm just gonna reverse engineer it for live and hope it works out and it did (laughs) I'm gonna say something that sounds like a backhanded compliment but I swear to you it's not (laughs) this new album is not a first listen record And again, it may sound like a backhanded compliment. It is not. Some of my favorite albums are those that when you listen the first time, you realize there's something going on there. And then you listen again and again, and then it just, it gets inside you. And that's what this new album does. And I mentioned it's all these things. It's abrasive. It's emotional. It's personal. It's sometimes uncomfortable. I mean, it's the first track, the first like (laughs) minute long track on the album is really uncomfortable to listen to. (laughs) But, and that's... That's the statement you're making, and it really, once it kind of settled in, it really took hold. And it's the kind of album you want to spend more time with the further you, you dig into it. Yeah, you know, you're not the first person that said that. Like, I've gotten Did that feedback. Did I say feedback. it better, at least? <laughs> I've gotten that feedback from, like, other people that they're like, I really, I'm going to need to take several listens to this. Like, some, and it's, and not in a bad way, either, just, like, like I'll just be fully real there's a lot of stuff going on on this album like I could probably talk for like an hour on each songs about like all the creative decisions I made mm-hmm. the meaning of the lyrics like how it relates to everything there's stuff I don't even understand about <laughs> this album and it's not even that long of an album which is the funniest part but <laughs> on Bandcamp on your Bandcamp page for the album Femina Furens Femina uh, you write, Juna is an independent project made with lots of love and hard work. Thank you for your support. Innocent enough statement. And it's true. I, but there's something different about you and Juna. I feel like you work harder and you do more. Like, I, I, I feel like obsession is the wrong word, but I feel like you, you, are, you are possessed. Um, I mean, this is me. This is definitely like me on a plate. Like, there's, you know, I've thought about that, like, you know, because some artists, it's like there is a very, very healthy separation between who they are as a person and then like a persona that they've created um, for their music, and that works. And for me, that's just something that's just like never worked for me. This is like, this is very, like especially this record. This is like, this is just very me. This is very, it's personal for me, and it is like, it is like integrated with my life basically like we were talking just before this about like you know I have a job I have to do for money but it's like how can I make this art project a, like a sustainable part of my life yeah. and do everything that I want with it and still have like you know a functioning life <laughs> well even with the merch when you put the record out you made 25 chapbooks with original poems imprinted with a scented wax seal <laughs> hand-stamped, made with the essential oils you used while writing. I mean, I'm not seeing Lollygagger do that. Yeah, I mean, that was just like, this is so, especially this album, this is like me 
welcoming you into my fantasy world. Like, this is, like, me... Yeah, just, like, really, you know... I, I think through, like, really understanding my... Like, having this trauma disorder... Mm-hmm. And I've just, like, come to know myself so much better. It's just, like, it's almost second nature to just, like, start sharing this stuff and, like, do these, like, weird things. I love it. It's, they're not weird. They're, they're just artistic expressions. Yeah, just, yeah. Uh, and you also, you book your own shows. You sing. You songwrite. play guitar. Your leg plays bass. You, you take on a lot. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's talk about Seven, seven Winds of Sekhmet. Yeah. Sekhmet is she who is powerful? Yes, yes. She is the ancient Egyptian goddess of healing and war. A creative and destructive force. Yes, I love those mixed goddesses that are like, you know, two opposites at the same time. And she's just like, when I started writing the song, it was like I was... Actually, I had the words like the seven winds thing and I'm like what the what is this seven <laughs> winds I can think about it as the you had the, some of the lyrics floating <laughs> in your head and you just couldn't yeah like when I write like sometimes I'll just like drone out on like whatever I'm playing and just like repeat it for 20 minutes and then I'm like doing it loud I'm doing it quiet I'm doing it you know arpeggiated mm-hmm. I'm doing it distorted like blah 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 and then I'm like repeating the same I'll just like some words will come into my head and I'll keep repeating them and then it was like really digging for like what is this song even about and I found just tangentially reading about this goddess I was like oh my god this is about this it's perfect segment. <laughs> and yeah she really became like the core like defining um, you know personality for the album I'd say well for sure and the video is tremendous you created basically like a warrior outfit. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a powerful look. The video is full of uh, all kinds of sun imagery. Raw. Yes. Uh, gorgeous colors. Yes. Dave Rontaskis, who directed it, did such an amazing job. I can't even believe we like pulled this thing off. It 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 looks like a Hollywood thing, it, it and does. we just like did it on like a DIY budget. <laughs> I don't well, know yeah. How. I mean, you created your own costume. Yes. Yeah. It took me like two months of like this was another thing that I'll just get these like images in my head and then I'm like I have to figure out how to make it it's easier to make it than to tell someone yeah well I don't know if anybody would I <laughs> yeah, fair I don't know, know who would make, make that costume yeah. yeah like I just like I kind of like made it up like how to like craft this thing I I feel like I want like a second life as like a costume Hollywood effects prop person <laughs> I feel like I'd be really good at it well, the video is is highly memorable. There's a scene where you basically go to town on is that forbidden fruit? <laughs> yes, it's like so for people who haven't seen it, it's um based on this like 1970s um basically illustrated comic that actually appeared in um one of the first editions of Heavy Metal magazine. Got it. And it's like a retelling of the Eve myth, but it's kind of inverted in the sense that it's like this just she's like this warrior space babe that like you know the Eve story is she like takes the bite of the apple uh, and then like destroys everything and this is you know instead of me destroying a bunch of fruit <laughs> and then we, giving giving birth to a new world that, that's what I was going to say you become <laughs> pregnant with 
yeah. the world. It's like instead of destroying the world, mm-hmm. she becomes the creator. Uh, what was the fruit made of? Jello. Oh my god, this was like a a prop like thing where I was like, how am I gonna? What am? What is this fruit that I'm gonna be eating? And then I was like, wanted to put these like space LEDs in it, so I'm like, I guess it has to be like clear <laughs> Jello, and it was like unflavored gelatin it is the most disgusting thing I've ever eaten in my life but it was one of those things I have a video of myself at home like trying to eat this stuff and just like being like this is so disgusting like how am I going to do this on the camera but I was like I was so determined to make this I was like I'm just going to fake it they put a puke bucket next to me and I would just like eat this fruit and like pretend I love it and then just like spit it all out like Home Depot bucket (laughs) in summary this, this song was the right one to lead lead with as a single like it just tonally everything about it just it it fits it's one of my favorites on the album it's it's so much fun to do live it's 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 a big vocally it's it's just a huge song so much of what we talk about with juna is you you're the you're the songwriter singer guitarist your leg plays bass that said (laughs) i i i think it's fair to mention Jared's drums on Hallway. Oh, yeah. Well, Jared's drums Jared, on the whole and, album, he yeah. knocked it out of the park. Yeah, Hallway is fantastic. The, I love the ending of that song, especially. It's, yeah, he he knocked it out of the park in, in not that much time, too. So kudos to him. Was this quickly recorded? Or was it just his parts were? Um, well, so I had had the album, like, written with drum loops, and probably, Jared and I probably only played together for, like, three months before we actually recorded the album, so he was, like, I was, like, I was looking for somebody who could just do, like, session work, Mm -hmm. and he was, like, yeah, I can, he's, like, this is right up my alley, I can do this, and so, yeah, he knocked it out of the park. That's awesome. And we continue to play together now, so. (laughs) Again, Empty Bottle, end of the month. In March? Yes, March Friday. 24th. You don't want to miss that. I will not miss it. <laughs> uh, Petting is probably my favorite song oh, on the album. Oh, yes. I, I, adorable. There's a badass guitar solo. Yeah. <laughs> Keep bringing that back. And it should, you, you, as we were talking about arpeggiating and stuff, it should be mentioned, you are an absolutely devastating guitar player. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I, do you have people who go, people go to the shows for the music and we, we all love Juno's music, but do you have people who kind of nerd out and kind of like look at the pedals and what you're doing? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cause I'm, I'm the same way. Like I, I'm always like, if a band's setting up to get on stage, I am eyeballing <laughs> their gear and like silently judging them. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but like just being like, okay, like this is what I think you're going to sound like. I love playing that game. And so, like, I think a lot of people are very interested in, like, when they're seeing the pedals come up, they're like, what is, like, what's about to happen? I love it. Yeah. I mentioned how hard some of this can be to listen to. Suicide, (laughs) and not even, like, just objectively, it's hard to listen to some of the stuff. Lyrically, Suicidal on Christmas is really hard to listen to. How does it feel to put a song like that out there? You know... There's a point in the songwriting process, because I'll, I'll fully admit, like, probably every one of these songs I spent the early part of working on it, like, crying the, <laughs> the whole time. Even, like, the heavy songs, they're they're so emotional for me. And even now, next Voto, like, that's just my part of my songwriting mm-hmm. process is crying. Um, but then there's some point in which 
I get out whatever it is I need to get out in the song and then it doesn't it doesn't feel as emotional. Now you guys have to deal with the emotions. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, some of the lyrics in, in that song or details are details are metaphorical or, or at least vague. Uh, but my rubber face could take a punch. Not vague. No. Not vague. That that's. <laughs> that's a, and even you know, title wise, as we're looking at songs like grooming and petting and draw your own conclusion, it just. Yes, the ing songs. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. That. The album is really interesting because it's like it was kind of divided. I, my initial thought was to divide, divide it between the two sides, between like the the ing songs all on their own side, but the it just didn't flow that mm-hmm. way. But yeah, the ing songs are all about my relationships with men <laughs> and how those have been like re- affected by the my trauma disorder, and like the, the other songs are more about the disorder itself I guess <laughs> you said something I love hearing that you really took care in time thinking about the sequencing of the album Absolutely. I think I think it's a lost art yes and it's a thing that like I did not care so much about for a while because I just I didn't really and I didn't used to enjoy recording that much I love playing live mm-hmm. but like records I was like records are just the thing you just have to you have to do but I didn't love the process and this was the first time I really fell in love with the process of like making a record you mentioned the ING songs I want to talk about raining because when I listen to that I perceive it as a statement on how men wrongly perceive women am I yeah I mean, so <laughs> the, that song started as a poem um, actually way back a long time ago when I um, got married that it was <laughs> It's like the song is supposed to be like this. The poem is very like ambivalent about marriage and like this idea of like getting married for a lot of women feels ambivalent because it's like becoming a piece of property or something. That's often how like marriage is couched for women. I mean, it literally was like becoming your husband's property for a very long Mm -hmm. time. So I, you know, that's why they threw acid. Yeah. Exactly. That's why, like, there's a lot of pent up anger about mm-hmm. stuff. But, um, really, like, so <laughs> I had started this poem and I was going to, like, ironically read it at my own wedding, which my husband has, like, the best sense of humor. But <laughs> I never I finished the poem and I actually just finished it for this album. And yeah, it's definitely, like, it's it's about like as a woman sometimes having to like embody this character mm-hmm. of like somebody who enjoys being treated awfully <laughs> and yeah. i i don't know how to explain that any way other than any woman listening to this knows exactly what i'm fucking talking about <laughs> talking about album sequencing uh softwood circle ends the album it it sure seems like the appropriate song I'll be on my way now you throw yourself into the vocals I mean you are you are all in on every song you sing I think especially so on this one you know there's that big high note that I hit and I was so scared about doing that in the studio so I was like I Kurt Ballou who recorded us I had like told him I had a time I'm like I'm gonna have to do like 8,000 takes of this note and so I was like prepping myself and we just did it in one take. And I was like, I literally, I like blacked out while I was doing it. Like I didn't, 
I didn't quite know what I did. And then I was like, was that good? And he was like, we got it. You, you sang so hard, you like basically burst a blood vessel? No, <laughs> it was just like, like sometimes I'm just like so, like if you just get like so in the zone mm-hmm. and like so in the moment, it's like your brain just like stops right. record encoding memories or something. I don't know how to like I, I, I kind of, <laughs> this may be something different, but when I used to be on the radio, I, I would find myself talking on mic and I'd realized that my mouth was moving and I was saying things, but my brain disconnected. Like I was aware that I was doing a show, but I wasn't like processing what was happening. I don't know if that's the same thing you're talking about. It, it may be. It's just like, yeah, sometimes where it's just like you're in just like such such a moment mm-hmm. that, yeah. Once I had to audition for a TV show, even though I'm not an actor, they were looking for a guitar player for the show. And it was so stressful. That was another moment where... I was playing guitar, but I there's a hole in my memory that I don't remember wow. the whole thing because I was so there was just an entire room of people looking at me. It was the most one of the most stressful things I've ever done. It's different. It was different than being on stage. Sure, being on stage isn't stressful for me like that. So yeah, I don't know. There's just certain. I don't know if it's related to like having a trauma disorder, but <laughs> that happens to me. Here's a question that you've probably never been asked: Would you consider doing a podcast? I think you have a lot to say. Oh, I do have a lot to say, but I, what would it be about? <laughs> Being a, I don't know, an independent artist, getting a record out, dealing with the stuff you're dealing with, finding ways to express yourself, in, sending messages to other women. I, I don't I guess know. That's true. I would need, I need like a, a partner, though, like another like woman. It's hard to monologue. Non-binary person, yeah, to like. I get that. Somebody else with CPTSD, hit me up. We'll do a podcast. I'm telling you. (laughs) There's there's a lane for that. But I agree. Like, I could never do this by myself. That's why it's an interview podcast. That's why you're here talking about the new album. Um, I feel this this is a first on the podcast where we had food in the car and we didn't touch it. Oh, my God. I haven't eaten this whole time. I didn't eat either. I'm going to eat a fry. No pressure. We're we're, (laughs) we're at the end of our journey, Donna. It's okay. You can bring it home. But... And I kind of thought it would be like this because I've been anxious to talk to you talk to you about this record, and we just got into it. And I didn't want to distract myself with a grilled cheese sandwich, but that's now a going home treat for me. Yeah, there see, you go. <laughs> see, it all works out. <laughs> we all win. Okay, the new album. I'll hold it up again. It is stunning. It is a gatefold. Yes, it is. The photography is absolutely gorgeous. Um, Lightwitch out in Salem did it. We shot it like the day after we wrapped recording in Salem and Salem? Yeah, Salem, Massachusetts. That's witchy. Yeah. Yeah, it was just everybody everybody knocked it out of the park on this album. Everyone who contributed to it did such an amazing job and I'm just so proud of it. You can get the new album by the record. I mean, really. Yeah, but we're doing pre-order for second pressing now because I'm almost out of first pressing. Are you really? So. That's that's amazing. <laughs> I know. I'm like hoping I have some to take on tour with me. But. Are you still handwriting notes? I am. Anybody who orders on Bandcamp, I'm handwriting a thank you note because I'm, like we were talking about before, this is like 100% independent and I'm just so grateful to everybody who's supporting it because it's just like that's, that's what I rely on mm-hmm. to be able to do this. So it's it's just incredible. And the great thing about Bandcamp, if you buy a physical copy of the record, you still get a digital download. Like you, yeah. you still get to listen to it however you want, but you also get the cool record. 
Yes, yeah. And the great thing, I love pre-ordering records, especially on Bandcamp, because usually you get them before the digital release. So I felt I yep. felt I felt drunk with power that I had your new album <laughs> before anyone could listen to anything. Listen, I love being able to do that, and then it's yeah, yeah, you can mail them out like a week or two before mm-hmm. ahead of time. Just drunk with power. Look at me, yeah. I've got the new Juna. <laughs> All right, love the new album. I think this is fantastic work. It's powerful. It's emotional. I, it's another giant step forward for you congratulations thank you thank you so much empty bottle on the 24th along with huntsman who we love last we heard from huntsman they put out a record with a comic book in it you can't go wrong with that <laughs> i love great ideas oh yeah oh, they're they're the, they're the coolest i mean prog metal whatever they're they're doing they're doing they're a, awesome amazingly all right support juna support her uh thanks to enjoy for food and thank uh, you <laughs> there it is thanks for watching carcoon carney or listening